Today on Rooted Daily, I tell you why you shouldn't follow Jesus. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and grace is free, but our faith is not. To put our faith in Jesus, it doesn't just cost a lot, it costs everything. So why should you not do it? Why should you not be a disciple of Jesus? Why should you stop growing in your faith? And the Bible is actually quite clear. There are a lot of reasons not to follow Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus wanted people to follow him. He called people to follow him. But understand, he made it clear to the people in the first century and to us in the 21st century that if we do, there will be a cost. Listen to Jesus in Luke chapter 9. Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit or lose their very soul? Luke 9, 23 through 25. Or a few verses over. Then he said to me, follow me. Lord, he said, first let me go bury my father. But he told him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord. But first let me go and say goodbye to those at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. Then a couple of chapters over in uh, Luke chapter 14. Now great crowds were traveling with him. And so he turned and he said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Luke 14, 25 through 27. Now, Look closely here at Luke 14 if you have it open in your Bible. You know, I read over these words of Jesus about what it means for us to, to follow him, and I, I notice that these words, they're kind of sandwiched between two parables and then a final concluding statement. Now, the, the parable that Jesus gives just before these words is about a bunch of people making excuses. You ever do that? Make excuses even about following Jesus? Well, in this parable, a rich man, he's giving a great banquet, and he sends out his servants to tell people, come, for everything is now ready. But they all began to make excuses. Luke chapter 14, verse 18. And the excuses they gave were pretty lame at that. Oh, well, I just bought a field. I need to go see it. Or I just bought five yoke of oxen. I need to try them out. I just got married. I can't come. Those are lame excuses, right? And, and how did the master feel about their excuses? Then the owner of the house became hung or angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. And then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. 
Luke chapter 14, verses 21 through 24. So that's the parable that Jesus gives before his teaching about what it means to follow him. And the parable he gives after is about the importance of counting the cost. If you are going to build a tower or if you're planning to go to war, uh, this is what you need to do. You need to count the cost. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit had Luke put Jesus' teaching about following him in the context of these two parables for a reason. Why? Well, because everything is ready for us, for you to enjoy the great banquet of following Jesus, experiencing the abundant life of being a fully devoted disciple. And some people make excuses as to why they can't come to that banquet, lame excuses at that. And because of that, they will never taste what it's like to really follow him. Others don't count the cost or they're unwilling to pay the cost. And check out how Jesus ends this discussion on following him in, in Luke chapter 14. I mean, right after the parable about counting the cost, he says, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. You know, salt is good. Being a fully devoted follower of Jesus is good, very good. But if it's not fulfilling its purpose, what good is it? Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear, Luke 9, 35. You know, following Jesus is an all or nothing deal. There is no such thing as partial surrender. In order to follow him, we must completely lay down our lives. We don't get to pick and choose what we hold on to and what we give up. Total surrender is the only option. You know, take a moment to examine your life. Who is in charge? Who is calling the shots, really? Who is the real director of your life? Is it you or is it Jesus? Because it can't be both. If you answer both you and Jesus, while we all have uh, a little bit of control, then total surrender hasn't occurred. Jesus will not stand for it. He will not share his throne. Call him selfish if you like, but that's just the way it is. Jesus desires you, and he is not willing to share you with anyone, including yourself. Total surrender is an outlandish extreme that justifiably produces discomfort. You know, we may believe, we may accept the concept on some cognitive level, some intellectual level. Yeah, I need to surrender to Jesus. But in our hearts, most of us are holding on to hope there's going to be a little wiggle room on the deal. We may look for the appearance of surrender, but we clearly know who's in control. This is not one of those fuzzy, hard to interpret theological ideals though. It is clear cut, total surrender and nothing less is required. Nowhere in scripture do we see Jesus backing off of this. Jesus wants all of you. He wants your hopes and your dreams and your goals and your plans, your agendas, your lifestyles, your families, your relationships, jobs, service, hobbies, gifts, talents, money, abilities, passions, and the list goes on and on and on. He purchased you and the price for him was significant. So Jesus is not negotiating this deal. His final offer is on the table. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear, Luke 9, 35. That's why maybe you shouldn't follow Jesus. Following Jesus is a big deal with a big cost. And if that price is too high for you, then you shouldn't follow him. If it's not worth it to you to lose everything, don't try to be a disciple. But here's the flip side. If you do, if you sacrifice everything, if you die to yourself, 
you can live for Jesus. And you'll find out it is always worth it. Paul told us in Philippians 3.13, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, the, the cost of following Jesus is huge, but if you press on, it's worth it. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's word with you next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk today. Just send me a text to 317-207-2734.